Happy New Year. I hope that your 2020 has started out great. Before we finish saying goodbye to 2021, I wanted to congratulate the Women's Wisconsin Indoor Volleyball Team with our five-set victory over Nebraska at the NCAA D1 Women's Volleyball Tournament to win their first ever national championship. Winning a championship is a puzzle that has many moving parts. The players, the drive, communication, leadership, and coaching all play critical roles. Today, we're going to focus a bit on the coaching component. Coaching starts the first time you interact with an athlete, whether it is tryouts, the recruitment phase, or when they first step into the gym or onto the field or into the pool or onto the course, and doesn't end until, well, that depends on the relationship with the athlete. For some coaches and players, it ends when the last point is played. For others, it is a relationship that continues throughout the years, long past competition. As a coach, have you ever coached a team to victory that was, skill-wise, not as good as the team you were playing? Have you ever been on the other end? Have you ever been playing a team and realized that you were outcoached? Or that you were the one that did the outcoaching? Why did it happen? Where did it start? How do you do it again or stop someone from doing it to you? Before the holidays at the AVCA convention, we virtually discussed how to get your players out of their heads. The who, what, when, where, why, and how of sports psychology. For those of you that missed it, it is available on the AVCA website virtually and will be available on my website, radoconsulting.com, in February. We talked about sports psychology, details of the mental performance coaching, touched on international players and cultural dynamics, went into more detail about what mental coaching looks like, describes how long it takes, and the benefits and best practices. As many of you know, I spent a lot of my time coaching coaches. Not in game strategy, but how to be successful connecting with and optimizing the performance of their athletes. Gone are the days of my way or the highway. This sentiment has been replaced with concern for and information from individual athletes. Mental health for everyone involved in the process is a point of discussion in many departments and meetings. I have developed programs in Italy, Poland, and domestically to assist coaches with obtaining the tools they need to help them to be successful. It is the nuances, such as interacting with athletes, creating culture, developing a rapport, nonverbal communication, how to notice and stop potential problems before they start, and so many others that make a good coach great. For more information on team training sessions, see episode 19. For more information on individual training sessions, see episode 18. All coaches have their own style of coaching. Which one is best? Well, the one that the athlete responds the best to. As we know, each athlete is different, and athletes have a preference in coaching style that varies, not only by individual, but by sport and age and level. So what are we to do? Let's look at five components of coaching behavior. Social support, positive feedback, training and instruction, autocratic behavior, and democratic behavior. Social support is behavior that communicates concern for the athlete's welfare, well-being, and relationship with team members. Coaches develop a good rapport with their athletes and talk with them about things that are not necessarily sports-related. A coach that is high on social support may notice that an athlete is having a hard time in their personal life and talk to him or her about it understanding that every component of the athlete contributes to their play. Positive feedback, also known as rewarding behavior, is behavior exhibited by the coach that recognizes and rewards good performance in the athlete, thereby providing positive reinforcement. This is dependent on the performance exhibited by the athlete. For example, when coaches point out the thing that each athlete is doing right, a good shot, hustling in practice, being a good leader on the field, or good decisions on the court. 
Training and instruction behavior refers to the mechanical and physical aspects of the coach-athlete interaction. These behaviors comprise the coach's attempt to improve performance through training and instruction and practice. For example, the specifics of the actual skill, how to move the right arm, the athlete's angle of approach, what sequence the body needs to move in when taking a swing at a baseball, how the foot should be placed to play defense in basketball, and where to position the other team so that you can keep them in front of you. Autocratic behavior is described as the degree to which the coach is authoritarian in decision style. The coach is the center of power and dictates orders to the subordinates, and athletes do not participate in the decision-making process. Think of this as my way or the highway. Conversely, democratic behavior exhibited by a coach permits athletes to provide feedback on such issues as practice and game strategies, tactics, and goals. A coach may ask his or her team what they want to work on at the next practice or the next week and incorporate some of their suggestions into the drills. The preference for these styles vary based on athlete, age, gender, and skill level, to mention a few. There is no right or wrong way to do it. The blueprint for success changes with each athlete and each coach. There are trends or tendencies that have been found across athletes. For example, it has been found that experienced players prefer a more autocratic style of decision-making in times of high stress and competition whereas in low-stress conditions, a democratic leadership style is preferred by the athlete. Why is this the case? Well, during a basketball match, when the game is tied and there's 2.5 seconds left and your coach calls a timeout, the athlete is thinking about so many things, such as how to get past the defense, what shots have been open, and trying not to worry about missing the last play of the game, that they prefer to have the coach tell them the inbound play. This also makes sense because the coaches have had the opportunity to analyze the game without having to perform or play in it. Conversely, in basketball practices during the week, there is not the win or loss last second stress, unless, of course, it is worked into a drill. So the athlete can think about more what they want or feel they need to work on. The preference is for the athlete to be able to provide input in the setting instead of just being told what to do. This brings up an important point. How does your athlete view your actions? Athletes may prefer one style, and you may think that you are that kind of coach. But does your athlete agree? As a coach, you have your actual behavior, you have the behavior that your athlete thinks that you are doing, and you have the behavior that your athlete would prefer you do. I actually did my thesis on this, and this is definitely a topic for another day. I will say that for an athlete to be satisfied and successful is more important what your athlete thinks you are doing than what you are actually doing. You may think that you are a coach that is very democratic, but if you ask an athlete what they want to work on and then don't work on it when you ask them, but work on it a week later, the athlete may view it as you not listening to them, even though you as a coach view it as you did. I know that I have a lot of athletes as well as non-athletes that listen to this, so I want to put it a different way as well. With any dynamic or interaction between you and another person, there is what you are doing and how the other person interprets what you are doing. Sometimes actions with the best intentions are viewed not as they were intended. We'll be talking more about this in later podcasts. For more information, feel free to email me at laura at rattleconsulting.com. That's L-A-U-R-A at R-A-T-T-O-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. As many of you know, I really enjoy sayings, and I will be ending each podcast with one. Today, for the new year, here are two. One for the coaches. The interesting thing about coaching is that you have to trouble the comfortable and comfort the troubled. Rick Charlesworth, former Australian National Women's Field Hockey Team.
and one for everyone. Learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all yourself. Eleanor Roosevelt.